Welcome to Scene Time, everybody. The Off-Road Show. Welcome to Seat Time, everybody. I am your host for this fine Tuesday evening, Mr. Brian Pierce. Seat Time, the online show for the off-road enthusiast. If you like dirt bikes and beer, this is definitely the place for you to be on the internet. We appreciate you guys tuning in. We're going to have a fun show for you guys this evening. We're going to talk to Mr. Caleb Russell. Four-time GNCC XC1 champion. That's pretty insane in itself. Member of the US IS, USISDA team. Team USA ISDE team. I don't really know. We'll figure out if he feels that there is a more appropriate way to say that because he's better at riding dirt bikes than I am, so I figure we'll give him full credit for that. And uh, we'll talk to him a little about what's going to be going on for 2017 and all the fun stuff that's out there. Uh, it's going to be a good time. After that, we're going to talk to Jacob Machina, Machina, Mishka Magnina. I don't know. We're going to find out how to pronounce his last name, but he's been in charge of the uh, National Heron Hound, all the stuff that's going on, on the West Coast. It's going to be great to talk to him about what's going on in 2017. But this is seat time. We, of course, thank you very much to our sponsors, Fly Racing. You can find out more about those guys at flyracing.com. Kenda Tire at kendatire.com and SRT Offroad at srtoffroad.com. I'll talk a little bit more about those guys between our guests. We're going to jump right in. If you can, jump into the chat room, tlk.io slash seat time, um, and we can answer some questions for you guys for Mr. Caleb Russell. So, Mr. Caleb Russell, how is your evening going, kind sir? I told Lane, he was asking me before Ironman if I wanted to go ride, and um, I told him, yeah, I probably won't ride until I go back to Florida, which that's probably going to be in January. So, Good Lord, so, man. You're like, I don't know. I really don't know. It's been, I'm not going to lie. There's been a lot of riding this year and I might need a small break. Well, um, with, uh, with riding you, is it true that you've been part of the Baker program, like the Alden Baker, Baker factory kind of stuff? Yeah, I spent, um, two months down there this, this summer, uh, July and August I was down there and yeah, it was a, it was a cool experience. It was awesome to you know, I get to ride with, uh, well, at the time I just went down and was riding with Marvin cause, uh, everybody else is hurt. And then, um, the, the whole month of August, I believe. Yeah. Uh, that's when Jason came back and Dunn started riding again. So it was cool. It was, it was nice to, you know, get to ride with those guys and be on the program. And, um, you know, that's, that's what makes, you know, his place so good is just the structure to it. So it was, uh, you know, good to experience that. Yeah, I think that's got to be phenomenal. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, in, in the fanboy aspect, it's like, holy crap, that's got to be absolutely amazing. But as the professional that you are, you know, a professional dirt bike racer, um, was that, did you do anything like what you learned there? Like, was it so foreign to you or was it close to maybe a program that you'd followed in the past? You know what I mean? Like how, how different or how similar was it to what you were doing before? Um, I mean, it's, it, it was pretty similar. I mean, uh, you know, you, you get up, you, you go, you know, go to the gym, go row biking and, um, you know, row a little bit and then ride. But, uh, the biggest thing was just, like I said, was the, the structure and how he lays it out and just how he calculates each day and, how, and, you know, everything is based off of a number and, you know, that's how he, you know, comes up with the program and the structure and builds it specifically to you so wow um, that's what makes everybody so strong is um you know they just have a well-rounded balance of 
Yeah. No, that's cool, man. Yeah, and uh, that wasn't even one of my questions, but I totally thought of it when you were talking about that, that you had gone and, uh, and spent some time down there. So I was wondering, you mentioned you're going to be moving to Florida soon, and by soon, maybe in January, <laughs> to get ready for the GNCCs. Um, we did have a question right off the way from George Dinscher there in the chat room. He wanted to know uh, the reasoning behind moving to Florida and why do you pick the area of the state that you go to instead of more south or more north like a lot of the motocross guys uh, when they go down there? Um, well, I mean, I'm not moving to Florida for good. I have a piece of property down there and, uh, yeah, I just, I just got that last year. So I'm not going to live down there per se, but I'll, I'll, I'll spend, you know, three months at the beginning of the year down there. And I'll, I'll usually, I'll probably this year go down, um, make a trip down the next few weeks, probably to drop some stuff off and then come back home and, I uh, go back down after Christmas and then I'll, I'll be there until March. So, uh, you know, just the, in the area I'm in, it's, it's not far from Alden's place and, uh, KTM's made a deal with Alden next year and with Charlie Mullins. So, um, Charlie's going to be working underneath of Alden and, you know, coaching or training the, the offer, uh, the KTM off-road team. So, uh, we'll be using his facility and, you know, I'll be able to stay at my place in Florida and, um, kind of have that same structure and same balance uh, to my program at the beginning of the year. Yeah, well, obviously it worked great last year um, for, for the time that you did all that. So to see that go into the fruition of, of a potential full year, right, or at least uh, earlier in that time, and then is the Charlie Mullins, is that going to be um, the, for the full year or is that more of a specific time like the, your time with Alden was last year? Yeah, yeah uh, no, it's going to be with Charlie. He's the team trainer. You okay. Know, he, he, um, I'm, I'm sure it's probably a multi-year deal that he has with, uh, you know, KTM off-road to do this. Um, I think that's one of the, was one of the, you know, ways that KTM was able to acquire him to do that because he had other offers to, to go do other things. But, um, so he's got a, you know, a, you know, a firm place for the next couple of years to train the off-road team and it's going to be structured throughout him and ran by Charlie. So. Um, you know, Charlie's a pretty gnarly dude. He's always, always been, you know, uh, a guy that's, you know, a hard worker. So, and I get along with him really well. So, uh, I'm looking forward to it and, you know, I don't live too far from Charlie. So when we come back home, uh, the middle of the year, we don't need to spend time in Florida and, um, I'm not sure how everything's going to work out, but, uh, I think it'll be really good. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I, thanks for thanks for letting us know. We didn't know anything about that, and that's awesome. So I'm gonna have to call Charlie and congratulate him because I think a lot of people in the off-road world, like you know, it, it would honestly be if, if you were to have a detrimental injury all of a sudden, we would be like, oh my gosh, like, and we would always just kind of wonder, you know, and and hope for the best kind of a situation. So it's good to hear that not only did Charlie find a fantastic place to go, but that he had multiple offers of things to go do. So we're talking about four-time GNCC XC1 champion. That's pretty gnarly shit, dude. Like, uh, congrats. I mean, I, is there a bigger word that we should use at this point? I don't know if uh, congrats really covers uh, all the greatness of it. So now that it's happened, season's over, you're able to sit down with a, a fine pilsner and, and just discuss it, right? Like, holy shit. Like, what does someone like yourself say in that situation? Um, you know, it's, it's probably different depending, uh, you know, depending upon the person, but I'm not too high strung on uh, what I what I've accomplished so far. I mean, you know, I'm happy, but uh, 
I don't, I don't show it like, you know, some people may, but, um, I'm, I'm a pretty relaxed guy and pretty mellow about things like that. So, you know, we still got work to do. That's how I look at it. Yeah, man. That, and that's, gosh, darn it. Like, I, yeah, it, it's gotta be tough. I can only imagine when you were an XC2 racer or maybe even a, a younger dude, you know, in the youth ranks of the GNCC coming up going, one day I want to be a GNCC XC1 champion. And do you think that was there ever a time that was like you wanted to be a multi-time, but not also multi-time, but four-time in a row champion? I mean, do, do, do little kids dream like that? I was never good enough to have those dreams, so I don't know. You know, it's it's a funny question because uh, growing up, I, I had my mind focused on what I wanted to do, and it was to race motorcycles. I didn't really care. You know, I, at the time growing up, you I, I, was, I don't think I was old enough to know um, that, uh, you know, motocross and supercross was so much greater. Uh-oh. We're going to see what happened here. We might have just lost him really quick. So if, th- if that seems to go out, Stephen, obviously we're going to get reconnected with him. I like the fact that we've got a couple of people in the chat room. So if you want to jump in the chat room, tok.io slash time. It looks like he's come back. Okay. Sorry about that. You went froze on us for a second. So you were talking about being a little okay. kid. and then And then you went and do a dance move. Then it just went. Then it just went uh, frozen. Okay, uh, but but yeah, I mean, when I was when I was little, obviously, all I all I had my mindset on was you know, wanting to be, uh, you know, a professional racer as a job, and I never really let anything deter me from you know reaching that goal. And um, I I I, don't, I never really thought to myself um, about how good I wanted to be or anything. It just kind of you know, all kept developing along the way. And, um, yeah, I mean, my whole mentality about racing and, um, you know, what I do has changed so much, you know, from four years ago compared to even 10 years ago. So, right. you know, it's, it, it's still, everything's still in a developing stage in my mind, I feel like. Man, and that's, that's, that's tough to think about because I know sometimes I'm like it's tough for me to wake up at five o'clock in the morning to go work out for like the 530 class and I'm literally doing that I'm all, I'm up at 530 morning to work out so I can do this right like that's my goal <laughs> like that's why I go work out so it's gotta have it's gotta be crazy that you know that that that's the motive you know the motivation is to always continue to grow um and in that so that's that's pretty spectacular well, let's talk a little bit about the beginning of the season so you only had three losses throughout the year which I think beat on the podium every single time is pretty awesome, but I would imagine third and then second from Florida and Georgia, were you still uh, healing fairly well, uh, or not? Maybe not fully recovered, a hundred percent from uh, your knee surgery, I believe it was from the, at the that happened at the ISDE. Yeah, I mean, well, most of the time, you know, coming back from uh, ACL reconstruction, the doctor tells you know the, the mandatory time six months. Um, you know, and I started riding at three and a half and then my first race was basically just over four months. So I was pretty timid still. My, my knee was still swelling up when I, when I was riding and racing and, um, in Florida I was, I was definitely a little cautious. I feel like I, I didn't have the same, same kind of mindset coming into the race. Um, I, I had other stuff going on in my mind, like what, what if I get hurt? What if, you know, this and that, you know, I wasn't, in, I wasn't the correct mindset to go and actually feel like, you know, to, to race where I, I know I can, I can. And it took me, you know, an hour and a half to realize that I was fine and, 
uh, once everything started clicking, you know, I, 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 because I, I mean, I came back from like outside the top ten overall to get uh, on the podium, and I didn't get on the podium until you know the last two or three corners. So right, yeah, it was a struggle. But um, yeah, and then bike fitness came into a play there in Georgia, and I was, you know, I was pretty beat um, in the back of the ambulance after the race, getting an IV and caught some hell from not making the podium. But um, you know, I I think my my health's more important than uh, standing on the podium oh gosh yeah gosh yeah and then unfortunately the 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 third time that you weren't winning races that was was that and again it's tough sometimes to be in the middle of the country like you can only read so many race reports and know what the heck is going on half the time but that's actually one is that the one where you dnf'd yeah that was the one where i dnf'd that's where uh all the drama was string and i coming together yeah you guys need to stop making out in the woods man it's just weird for everybody yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Now let's. Uh, it, it, now, is there anything else before I? Gosh, I think I feel like four-time GNCC XC1 champion. I should give you the opportunity to say if there's anything about the GNCCs that you might want to just bring up that I didn't even talk about. Uh, you're gonna have to repeat that. You're breaking up there. Sorry, Sorry. man. So yeah, no. Just from having done so well at the GNCCs for the past four years is there anything that has happened maybe this past year that you wanted to bring up that I didn't ask about before we talk about some other junk I mean it's no not really I mean this year was you know it started off pretty tough for me but um uh, I was you know it ended up working out pretty good winning you know my fourth GNCC title uh most race wins in GNCC in a year, and then uh, you know winning the ISDE. So, I mean, I mean it was pretty. It was a pretty good year. I mean, I, I last year I thought was really good, and it would be hard to top it. But you know, this year I think was uh, a little bit more special. Um, you know, rebounding from being injured and then uh, winning six days as well. Yeah, uh, that was the, right. The direction that I was going to be heading was going into the international six day enduro. So it's funny to have read quite a few times how you say you used to be afraid of going to the ISDE. Um, and I wanted to know if you could kind of expand on that. If uh, what was it maybe about that style of race or that race that potentially had had you scared? You know, obviously we're talking years in the past, but still. Um, I, I feel like maybe for myself, uh, when I was a little bit younger, um, I never really liked team sports, the aspect of team sports and having to rely on people. And I still, I'm, I'm not crazy about it, obviously, you know, because, uh, you know, our profession is, you know, solely dependent upon yourself. So, um, and one of the biggest things was, you know, the, the time period of working on your bikes and having to change tires and the stress that comes along with it. You know, I was, you know, I was just scared to, uh, I didn't want to, you know, I, I, I can, you know, live with uh, letting myself down, but, um, you know, I hate to let other people down and um, make mistakes. So, you know, and I feel like uh, that's, uh, you know, an attribute to a lot of my success in racing is um, being able to minimize most of the mistakes because, you know, I get a lot of people to let down when um, things aren't going right. Right. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted some, uh, a little bit of uh, some clarity there. So with being kind of the overall leader at one point, you know, fighting for that back in 2015 at the ISDE and then fighting kind of for that too as well with Taylor Robert and some of the other guys at 2016, is, is there a big difference when you're competing potentially to try to win the overall as, as a rider? 
but then at the same time trying to win the overall as a team. Like, how stressful can that get to have? Because I think it would be two different mindsets. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not real sure because I, you know, I wasn't in the position to where I had to worry about any of that either year. So, uh, for me, like I said, it's 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 about doing as good as I, I as I can do, and you know, this year I I felt like um, I wasn't very good. I I wasn't prepared with my with my bike setup and. Um, what I took over there with me and the trip for the terrain. So, um, the first day when the, all the tests were brand new and smooth, you know, I was riding really well and right there where I know I could can be and, um, just a few seconds off the lead and then day two comes around and, you know, I, I was off the pace like 20 seconds on the day and then the next day, you know, I was even further back and it just it progressively got worse. Um, so it was definitely a mental beatdown for me as far as, you know, trying to do my best. And at that point, it, it, for me, it was, you know, just focusing on making it to the finish and um, not doing anything stupid to uh, throw away our lead as a team because, you know, obviously, you know, the only thing, you know, I, I wasn't in to win the overall. So uh, I was really, you know, riding, riding for the team at that point and just, you know, trying to be solid and not, not fall down and, not really push it to even try to win tests anymore because of uh, how far back I was. It was just to, uh, you know, get the job done. Right. It's crazy you, you mentioned those 20 seconds that you're talking about because, and, and granted, it's just fun to talk about. So, like, when I raced the National Enduro at the Zinc Ranch, which you guys, there's a bunch of videos on our YouTube channel if you want to go check those out, of, of me going in my, my open A speed. In that open, that first test in the grass track, right? In a grass track, obviously a lot like what you guys would do at the at the ISDE and some of the full gas sprint enduro stuff. I was 54th, right, coming into that test, and I had 6:36. And first was uh, let's see, Jesse Grome, and he was a 5:56, so he's 40 seconds faster than me, right? And it's just insane that that can be 50 five people right in between that in, in, in 40 seconds and even for you guys you guys literally start to break it down sometimes into the milliseconds not just the seconds and that's 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 absolutely crazy that you guys are going that fast so i hope that puts it into a little bit of perspective people for people um about just how equal but at the same time different you guys can be as riders i think it's just absolutely insane so the yeah, isd go ahead it definitely it definitely produces, you know, a lot of tight racing and uh, the way the tests are set up, it's almost once you start, once you lose time or if something happens, it's unless you're the clear, you know, fastest guy and, uh, you know, you got all the momentum and everything's working, working for you, you know, it's almost impossible to make up any time um, or huge chunks. You know, you just kind of each day if you're riding really good, you know, to win the thing, you do exactly what Taylor did. You just, you know. Um, be really consistent, just kind of nickel and dime people and, uh, you know, try to minimize mistakes. And he was really good at that this year. And, um, you know, obviously it paid off. I mean, he only won by, uh, what, like 15 to 20 seconds or something was that. So, right. yeah. Um, and that's still stupid close too. Like it's, but it's just nuts. But I mean, like I said, if you lose, you know, 20 seconds a day, it's, it's almost impossible to make that back up. Um, especially, you know, when you, when you don't have the momentum and you, don't feel real comfortable so it's uh it's definitely it's not like a gncc at all you know 20 seconds is nothing you know that's you know catching a lapper in the wrong spot so right uh, <laughs> that's crazy it's, it's crazy uh you know just just how different 
two formats. Yeah. Well, sw- switching formats again completely is let's uh, talk about the National Enduro Series next year. You were the 2015 National Enduro Champion, and from what we understand, the KTM truck next year is going to be two riders. It's going to be you and Russell Bobbitt, and you guys are going to be doing the GNCCs and the National Enduros. Is that the, is that the word, Bird? That's the uh, that's the word. I mean, that's that's what's going to happen. I mean, um, there it is. I really like my. I really like my gig now, just uh, GNCCs only. But uh, you know, to uh, the, I did it once, and I was happy with that. And you know, I, I was telling my dad, you know, you know, I might not ever race enduros again, but uh, ended up, you know, uh, having to make some changes and to uh, you know, be in the position I wanted to be in with KTM uh, um, for for my career. It, uh, it was the best thing to do is race them. So I'll probably be racing them for the next four years, along with the GNCCs. Wow. Man, and that's going to be wicked because we've got a 2015 and a 2016 National uh, National Enduro Champions under the same tent. So you guys are, you know, in Enduros, obviously, it's, it's different because at that point, it's the clock, right? You know, so that's the good thing is there's it, it doesn't need to be that kind of, it's not that weird tension where it's like, oh, somebody took me out, this, that, the other. It's just like, holy shit, how did you go five seconds faster than me in that test? You know, kind of a thing. Um but uh, yeah, it's gonna be pretty cool to see that kind of going on. Um, it, we've heard a little bit of stuff about Sherco potentially coming. Obviously, we know Beta is gonna be kind of uh, showing up more. Um, it's gonna be neat, man. I think that we're Gas Gas Jubal Brown's gonna be kind of running some of that. So we're seeing some smaller uh, European teams starting to form again to kind of come into the National Enduro Series for next year. So it'll be neat to see how that all flushes out. I mean, you guys are the guys to beat at this point, but. Um, It'll just be good to see a lot more guys under some uh, factory tents having fun out there racing the National Enduros with y'all. Yeah, it's, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I've never, it's not that I don't enjoy the series. It's just, just it's not just the, their format and, and how the tests are laid out and stuff. I just, you know, kind of always had the wrong attitude towards it. And, um, you know, I, I'm really... Uh, I'm going to be riding 250F in them next year, but, uh, you know, when the time comes around, I'll be ready. And, um, you know, like I said, I'm going to be racing for the next four years. So um, I'm going to make sure I'm ready because, you know, any time I'm on a motorcycle, I, I want to, you know, be able to do the best I, that I can. So um, I, I definitely don't want to be uh, getting smoked every round and not being prepared. So that's no fun at all. Yeah. Ooh, good question in the chat room. And I want to ask this before we let you go. Thoughts on the new ISTE format this year with the different length, uh, size of the teams? Indy, positive, negatives, any of that kind of thought process through that? Um, I think it's, <clears throat> I think it's, uh, I think it's good for the American team, um, just because it's really hard to find six good riders. Not saying that we don't have six good riders, but uh, the French have a deep pool to pick from. Uh, the Aussie team has a pretty deep pool to pick from, and we do as well. But it seems like you know every year when six days comes around, there's you know it's it's hard to find six dudes that are 100% healthy that are you know able to go and actually win. But um, I think the four the, the four makes it a little more even playing field for all, and uh, having no drops so. You got to be really solid and on point all week, and uh, 
Yeah. Well, you know, obviously this year the Aussie guys had, had bad luck in the second day, and then uh, Italy made it all the way to day five before you know they were kind of out of it. So it's um, I think it's good and bad. Uh, you know, six guys, you have one drop uh, per day for each guy. So if something does happen, but um, as far as uh, the, I don't know. I feel like we have more of a chance with um, you know sending really four uh, really fast dudes because, like I said, you know France has you know six dudes that can be in the top ten pretty easily, and if you got six guys that are capable of being in the top ten overall, then you're pretty much going to smoke everybody. Yeah, I, I think uh, the one thing that I would have enjoyed is that if <laughs> I say it like I was a racer. Um, would be if you you had five riders and one of those was a drop. Um, I feel like um, it kind of sucks that it just seems that in six days there is so much that can happen, um, it, and it just feels like that having that drop kind of gave everybody that little extra um, that extra wild card um, and made yeah. it, it. But you know, I mean, four days racing dirt bikes and not losing a single dude—that in itself is an accomplishment, right? Like. And then to go and win, I mean, that makes it even that much more impressive over what we've seen in the past where people have had six riders and one having not even had one of those riders, you know, riding at the end. So, yeah, it, it's tough. It's either way, you know, and this is what the rules are. We're going to race them and hopefully we don't deal with all the, the bullshit that went on last year again. And maybe France shows up next year and we could smoke the shit out of them. So it'll be a good time. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it, next year's gonna be tough for sure, and um, yeah, because I mean, like I said, the, the 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 French guys are you know they they've got a lot of talent. Uh, they race that format twenty four seven, and you know they're gonna be on home soil. So if we can uh, if we can put it to to them there, uh, you know that'd be pretty. That would uh, I think that'd be bigger than you know the first win in, in my eyes, but uh, right. you know the first win awesome you know as a spectacle but um you know without them there there's uh, a little bit of an asterisk beside of it but uh yeah if we could uh go next year and you know beat the french that'd be pretty big that'd be a much bigger suck it france if uh you were in france while beating oh, yeah. them <laughs> okay last question before we let you go i apologize um so you weren't at the full gas sprint enduro this year, and it sounds like from what's going on with KTM that that may not be a plan for 2017. I mean, is there uh, is there a chance to see you out at a couple of those next year or anything like that? I, it seems that people are really still enjoying that format and that it's continuing to grow. Um, we just didn't know, you know, why you guys may have not have been there this year. Yeah, that's um, you know that's something I was kind of you know, bummed about, even though I wouldn't have made the first round or two because I was still kind of injured and GNCC took priority. Um, but, uh, yeah, I really enjoy them. I, I like, I like the format and it's fun. Um, the two days, but, uh, yeah, it's the uh, KTM's not supporting it. So, you know, I, I honestly, I don't see myself going to any just for that fact. I know, you know, a lot of guys, I have people hit me up on Facebook and sending me direct messages on Instagram all the time wanting me to come do these races. They're like, oh, we got a you know, $2,500 purse and this and that. You know, it's it's one thing that like, people don't understand is uh, for me, like it's 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 not worth, uh, you know, the, the little bit of money that I could make isn't worth, you know, 
the risk of what I could lose if, I, if something did happen, you know, because uh, winning a GNCC or a National Enduro, you know, is uh, way more important, way more money than, you know, making 2500 extra bucks. You know, it, it may sound a little odd saying, oh, you know, kind of throwing away money, but, you know, in my eyes, if, if I can't make, you know, 10 grand one weekend because I try to make 25 the next weekend and got hurt and then, you know, can't win a championship, then, you know, it's definitely not worth it. So, um, yeah, I, I really typically don't do anything that KTM doesn't support, doesn't send a mechanic to, or doesn't have a semi there. So, yeah. And that's why you did the two, the TKO in 2015. You ever going to do that again? Um, say it, say yeah. it, say it. No, no, I'm Probably not. not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you did not I look really like you it. had fun at that event. <laughs> uh, well, actually, I had a lot of fun. Oh, come on now. I had a lot of fun until the uh, you know until it started raining, and then I was kind of I was kind of over. I ran into some issues when it started raining, and yeah, me. You remember that? <laughs> not, well, before that. Okay, uh, good. <laughs> uh, because I was, I was pretty much, you know, I was the third fastest guy that year up until the point where it started raining. And then I, I got stuck on this one hill and I got my bike wedged really awkwardly, um, on a hill. It was really steep and, uh, Grant Baylor and you no know, help allowed there, but people were actually helping me get my bike off because I mean, we would have had to cut the damn tree down to get it off the side of the hill. Ugh. But, uh, yeah, after that I was kind of just over it and it was, it got worse and worse and. Like I said, I, I really enjoy that type of riding, you know, to ride it. But racing, it's completely different. It's so specialized now, and it would take up a lot of my time to, you know, uh, hone in on those skills needed to, uh, you know, even be competitive at all. So it's, yeah. it's like I said, it's, it's not worth my time anymore. Uh, as fun as it is, it's not really worth my time because, I mean, the chances of me winning are slim to none unless, you know, Cody – Closes. Yep. And, uh, you know, a bunch of other fast so. Agreed. Well, cool, man. Well, I, congratulations on being such a badass on a dirt bike. And obviously, and thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us. Uh, I wish that at some point in my lifetime I could make it to enjoy some lake time with you because I feel like riding dirt bikes with you would be fun to some degree, but I feel like jet skis and then beers afterwards would be like the nth degree better than just riding dirt bikes with you. So I just hope that one day in my life I make enough money where I can say, F it, I'm buying a plane ticket and hanging out with Mr. Caleb Russell. I think it'd be a good damn three-day weekend. You'd, you'd, uh, I don't know if you keep up, buddy. Uh, wait, we, wait, we usually wait. With the beer drinking or the jet skiing? Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's not jet ski, then beer drinking. It's beer drink, then jet ski, so, oh. you know. Well, shit. I can't, I can't. <laughs> I can't even. Oh god, I'm gonna have to say this. I can't even get it up on the on the on the stand up jet ski. <laughs> I can get it up and I can go straight. It's all about turning. The second you have to turn that fucking thing, I'm like, bloop. It's pretty pathetic. Yeah. It's pretty. Maybe it's because I'm Not, sober. I, yeah, exactly. That's the problem. Damn it! All right, I'm about to start drinking earlier. Night, 8 a.m. It is. Saturday morning at the lake. Somebody opened me up a 24 pack of Miller Lite. We're getting wasted. Yeah, and then it's then it's after when it gets dark, then it's straight to bow fishing when uh, there's no racing going on. So I have no idea how to do that, but I will definitely be here 
your best male cheerleader as you're catching fish with bows because I don't have a clue how to do that. <laughs> I, I think you'd have more fun if you went with uh, the Baylors and went bow fishing than me. They, I think they get a little more, bit more uh, wild on the uh, boat. So Interesting. I think he's just saying that because he wants me to get raped. <laughs> it may happen. <laughs> no. I'm not going to tell you it won't. I'm not going to tell you it won't. Well, hell yeah, dude. Well, we appreciate you for being you and spending some time with us here talking on the internet about dirt bikes and being badasses. So keep it up. Have fun. And yeah, just good luck with next year and uh, hope everything keeps going your way. Yeah, thanks for having me on. We'll uh, see you guys later. Yes, sir. Peace. All right. So I was going to say, obviously, thank you very much to Caleb Russell for coming on the show. That's always a good time. Uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about fly racing. So it is coming into the winter months. So if you want to learn anything about the winter gear that they do have, uh, you can obviously go learn more about that at flyracing.com. And then, of course, your local dealer is a great place to check that out. If you want to, you can use the Rocky Mountain links that's in our descriptions and on the websites. You can use that to click, go purchase something off of Rocky Mountain. If you don't support your local dealer, that does give off a little percentage of a kickback so that's just a great way to help the show if you want to do that in any shape or form and then uh wps the owner the dis- distribution for fly racing is now an all Alp- Alp- is now the alpine star distributor in the state so that's big for those dudes for sure so congrats to those guys for getting that going and then of course kind tire so kindatire.com you can the ibex and the equilibrium if you do any kind of off-road racing those are two tires that you have to try for sure you need to make sure the the equilibrium works great in, I would say, about 75 to 80 of the situations out there. If you're going to be getting a little bit gnarlier and situations where you may be needing to, to turn and lean the bike over a little bit more, you want to have the Ibex. Uh, it is such a gnarly, badass tire and love the crap out of it. Um, and again, there you can shop for all of that stuff on Rocky Mountain. The Ibex you can only purchase right now from SRT Off-Road. So... That'll be the way to do that. And then, of course, uh, SRT Off-Road. SRT Off-Road, you can get from srtoffroad.com. Go do that. Purchase that from there. You may be able to get it from Rocky Mountain. That I don't know because internet. There's stuff all over it, and you buy things. It's all about if you want to help seed time or not, but just uh, make sure you keep riding dirt bikes and having fun doing it. So, Jacob, I am going to try to pronounce your last name. And we're going to see how close I get. Just before I go for it, though, where are you from originally? Um, originally, well, you mean like where's my family from or where yeah, am I from? Yeah, that's a tough one, too. Let's just let's go with you and then we'll see if I can work. I'm from Palm. I'm right. from Palm Desert originally. Palm Desert. Is, is that California? Yeah, that is like the lowest desert in California. Okay. <sighs> feel like that would have a little bit of a spanish tinge to it <laughs> oh i'm gonna f this up so bad i'm just gonna say it, machina because i know it's wrong but wrong yeah. it's it's actually yugoslavian whoa okay and uh it's uh you got to think of it like michael so it's mikna mikna it's yeah mikna never nope never would have got there but I guess that's yeah. true. If we'd have gone with the family aspect of it, I may have screwed it up less. I don't know. Pers- Maybe a little less. <laughs> I don't know that I wouldn't have screwed it up at all. But at the same time, I may have screwed it up just a tad bit less. So, dude, thank you for coming on the show tonight. How the heck is it going for you over in, uh, in your neck of the woods? 
It's uh, it's going great. I'm really busy this year, um, being that I'm the new director as of June um, for the National Heron Hounds and the West Hare Scramble series, and also full time videographer for both that both of those series, USDR. And uh, I just got a call from uh, Max Eddy this morning to go basically film his team out in Baja this year, and I'm basically going to be leaving the last round of, of the Hare Scramble on the 12th and heading straight out there, um, hopefully with Justin Morgan, if he calls me back, <laughs> to go out there and film them um, all the way through Baja. So Nice. Well, that's Pretty good. exciting. Uh, yeah, being busy sometimes isn't the worst thing. It's just one of those situations, how long can you make it last, right? It's kind of like, well, I feel like burning at both ends at some point, unfortunately, but you'll figure that out, and you'll go, you know what? I'm going to sleep tonight and not work on that project. And it'll still be okay. exactly, and it's it's very hot and cold. You'll be like, oh man, I'm so bored, but I'm also a full time student, so I don't get that bored. But uh, so yeah, and then other times it's just like, oh wow, there's so much going on, I don't know what to do. So yeah, it's either hot and cold. So you're a full time student too? Yes, I'm a full time student too. So basically, I'll go out to a heron hound, and uh, you know, set it up like Thursday night. We head out there, set up Friday, and then um beeline it back on sunday as soon as the race is over as soon as we get all of our equipment thrown in we head back and then um i get to do try to catch up with any homework i have left edit video monday and then i have school tuesday through thursday and then repeat go to hair scramble after that for example so it's it gets pretty hectic (laughs) wow that is uh that's a lot i'm not gonna lie i haven't Married with three kids, and I try to keep up with the, the amount of things that I feel like I'm trying to keep up with. But if I were to add school into that mix, I don't know. Steven, do you think school is as, in, as crazy as three kids or three kids, school? What do you... I'm trying to remember. It's been a while. I, I give a shit more about my kids than school. So. That's true. That's true. I do give a shit more about my kids than school. But I'm like... <laughs> technically, technically, I'm not paying for my kids right now. Just once they're in school, then I'll be paying for them, right? Is that how it works? It all comes back around to school. Those bastards. They keep getting me. Um, yeah, exactly. It sucks. Well, dude, uh, so we, when you found out that you were <laughs> taking over the National Hare and Hound and the, the, the West Coast uh, Hare Scramble Championship, actually- like... Like what? What were you going through your mind? Like, how did you go? Holy crap! I'm going to be taking this on. What are we going to do different? And how am I going to make it badass? It's actually a uh, a funny story because we were out at the New Mexico round, and Eric pretty much, um, you know, was walking around, and he had asked me for that. Do you want to be the director? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm you know I'm really pursuing the video thing, and then uh, you know, but I had helped Eric at his GXE series and all this stuff. So I, I pretty much helped Eric out with a lot of races between VCMC, GXE, and then being at all the races, the Heron Hounds with them. He was like walking around New Mexico and telling people like, and here's the new director, Jake Mikna. And I was like, uh, okay. And he told everyone that. So it was kind of like, okay, I guess I'm the director then. And, uh, um, pretty much it was sink or swim and had to figure out a lot of things. But I've, I mean, I've had great help with Gargi Bright who has, um, She's our chairman for the Heron Hound Association, and she she has a lot of ideas uh, to bring to the table. So it's great working with someone that wants to make the series better, who who understands like the new business plan with off road, I guess you could say, and uh, not just living in the past. So we have a lot of great things we're working for for the Heron Hounds, and um, me, you know, working in the video thing, I have like kind of like the media idea of 
how to make this series grow and you know become bigger in the media world so it's it's been a big feat awesome yeah it I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Now, granted, we, we've all seen, if you pay attention to anything in this show, you've all seen my my lack of ability to ride, like time-wise, just completely diminish. It has fallen off the, the face of the map. I think I've ridden the dirt bike six times, and like at least three of those have been races. Like It's that pathetic. Um, and that, that, But I do very much pay attention. I do ask my friends, like, hey, how are the series doing? What are you enjoying? What do you dislike? And one of the biggest things is that they do not change. Like it is the uh, the, the Texas and uh, Enduro State Championship Series from the people that I talk to, which are people that I do listen to what they have to say, uh, and I respect their voices and things like that. They just, it's just it seems like they're making it more like a boys' club. You know, it's more like we're gonna you know, it's, and it's not that they're totally stuck in the past. It's just that they're making decisions that are very. That it just keeps continuously closing off. The access from other people. So, to your point, I'm glad that you guys are very specifically trying to make sure that you're you're moving the series forward, right? You're, it's not one of those things where it's like, well, you know, this has worked so long for the hare and hound in the past, so let's just keep doing that and see see what you know if that works. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah, that that's tough, though. I mean, how much how much uh, like flack have you gotten from any possible changes or rule changes or it- stuff like that? It's funny you say that because we have, you know, our series is similar in the national, the way the national enduros work is we're dealing with clubs. So a lot of the time the clubs and it's multiple district 37, district 36, you have district 38, um, you have Moran, you have different guys. And uh, so you, you deal with a lot of stuff in the way that it's like some some of those clubs are kind of set in their their old ways but they they want ridership is a big thing so we kind of have to step in and say hey this is what we're gonna do um but yeah we we have gotten a lot of flack for certain ideas like um like bringing in mark pitts for example something we want to bring on and it's just uh you know it's a fight but we in the end you know a lot of the times they see our way and they're it's great because we have a lot of clubs that are willing to work with us so that's crazy and it's interesting to me like I remember I didn't even realize that, say, like NEPG, that they were like a club-driven organization until my dad, who was a part of the, the Arkansas Dirt Riders there in Arkansas, when one of the Nationals came to there. Now, granted, they got totally screwed because of weather. Those guys typically put on a much better race, but shit happens, and it just didn't go their way. But that was when I was like, holy crap, wait, you mean clubs put these on? Like, that's insane. Yeah. And that was when, uh, honestly, like, that's kind of when it came to light. I was like, oh, wait. That's what happens with the hair and hound too. You know, you can. That's when you can kind of see that differentiation. But what that also tells you is just how in depth the enthusiasts are in those certain areas about not just uh, dirt bikes, right? But about their organizations that they're putting these races on for. So I can only imagine it, that you guys get a chance to really uh, see how how enthused everyone is about what you guys are trying to to grow. Exactly, and you know it's. I have such great respect for these clubs because, and I used to be in quite a few different clubs, uh, back in the day when I was racing, um, is these guys have full-time jobs, kids that they're trying to get through school and everything. And they take the time to go and basically put on these events that require so much work and ahead of time. Um, so it's, it's great. And they do it all free out of their you know own time and greatness in their hearts to put on these races. So. Yeah. 
Um, well, I wanted to talk a little bit about, too, Jacob, uh, some of the stuff that we had um, talked about in text messages and stuff like that. So it seems like this year that you guys had a pretty good battle there between Jake and Ricky um, at, there towards the end. Obviously, not just, excuse me, for points and things of that nature, but also like there was a couple good battles. Boy, that beer is good tonight. Um, you know, between those guys, right? Um, so, so you know, you kind of being the director and paying attention and being on the back end and watching all of this stuff come to fruition. Like, what was that like for you? You know, in, in your position. Well, see, I'm also the videographer, and I know a lot of these guys personally as well. And I, you know, I get to hang out with like Jake a lot, and um, I get to talk to Ricky quite a bit, and um, Nick Burson get to hang out with him, and. Uh, Justin Morgan. So I see a lot of their behind the scenes stories and the effort that goes into the racing as well. And then I see them at the races and get to do their interviews and kind of try to get to have them reveal what's actually going on. But um, it's pretty it's pretty intense. Like, uh, you know, Ricky kind of when I interviewed him, he was kind of like, you know, I, I only need to get above like six. So I'm not too worried about, you know, getting the championship um, at this last round. But I'm, I'm sitting there like, man, you like if anything happens wrong with your bike, right? You know, it's over if Jake, you know, wins. So, and then Jake's over here like, I gotta win, no matter what, I gotta win. And he's totally going through these different nervous things that I'm seeing, um, you know, that a lot of the people at home don't see on the camera. And it's it's pretty cool to see it. And you know, the effort that these guys put into it is, is quite amazing, especially since it's a series that you know I'm directing for. Um, you know, it means a lot. It's it's kind of a big deal. You know, you don't really realize it when you're there, but when you go home, you're like, wow, man, these guys really put in a lot, you know, to these races that I'm directing. So it's pretty crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Ah, man. And so when you're when you're at these events, like who do you deliberate to? Uh, uh, you know, how, how do you put off duties? Right. Like, how does that work for you guys when you're out? Oh, I got to go video. Got to be over here. Got to go do this. Like, but you know, maybe you can't be reached by radio or I'm on only on radio. I can't go deal with X. Right. Is that something that now like maybe Meg is, is, is in a, is in a capacity to go to be able to deal with that? Or is there some, you know, another second, third man hand to, to, to go handle that? Basically what we found and, you know, we've kind of experimented with it is a lot of the stuff that you deal with, like at the hair announce, for example, is like before the races and then like right before the banner drops. But during the actual banner drop, I found like a lot of the stuff to deal with um, doesn't really need to be dealt with until after I get back to finish, you know, filming them coming in the finish line, for example. So I'll be right. there a lot of the times. Other than that, I have pretty good radio contact. I try to get like near a hill or something when I'm out filming. So that way they can still reach me. And also um, I have my phone too. So they text me if there's any issues um, other than that, you know, Meg is there to deal with a lot of the stuff. So it's not usually too big a deal, but at like the next round of the hair scrambles, for example, Meg is going to be in. So she's not going to be around to help. So I definitely have to rely on my team. I have really good, um, like, uh, I guess you could say administrative team between Eric's mom, Melissa Kudla, and my girlfriend, Carly McClay, who all work, uh, signups and scoring. And, um, their learning as experience goes to, you know, as we go do all these different events, but, um, I'm pretty confident in their knowledge cause they have worked with Eric a lot. So they have a lot of his knowledge. And, um, uh, so far it's been going great as far as me going out and filming and be able to deal with issues when I get back. Right. So now that we've got 2016 done, right, you've got the West coast hair scrambles coming up. 
November 12th. We got Baja. Going to do that. We're moving into 2017. What are we looking at? What are some changes? What are some ahas? What are some gotchas? Or what are some, this is going to be bitching. This is going to be pretty cool. Let's have some fun doing this. Like, talk us through what 2017 is looking like. Well, first of all, we got Taylor Robert coming on to race 2017, which is awesome because he killed it at Caliente. So, um, it's yeah, I think, bring a lot I think of KTM cool saw that and guys. was like, holy shit, you're racing the National Hair <laughs> Now. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, KTM contacted me before then, like, uh, so yeah, we need to get Taylor Robert a number and all this stuff and get him entered. And I'm like, holy crap, Taylor Robert's coming. This is going to be rad. And I, I wasn't sure how well he was going to do considering races in Duro Cross and all that. And then all of a sudden, he just owned it. And he would just like come in and putt into the finish line. And then he was just full on throttle out there and watching him ride was, was pretty cool, but, um, it'll be interesting. I hope he does well next year. I think it's, it's going to be interesting as the train goes, um, seeing the different riders like battle of Jake and Ricky and all them. Cause those guys are on, uh, such a completely crazy level to see Taylor get involved with that too, is on this other level too. It's, it's going to be pretty intense. So ridership wise, um, it's going to be cool seeing them as far as, uh, other stuff we're bringing on. We have 10 rounds now instead of eight. So that's pretty exciting. Um, we're bringing in New Mexico as a new one, so we get to go a little further east. I think that's our farthest drive. Um, and then also, was that the one that was the makeup last this year? So that was, and then but you're bringing it in as an official one for this year or for next year. So it was a makeup one. However, doing it as a different, uh, sorry, actual different event in New Mexico. So that one was more like a. I guess you could say a hair scramble type format, except it, it still was that it's technically a hair now because you're doing 25 mile loops. It's based on mileage, not time. But we're doing an actual, I guess you could say, more traditional hair now based event in New Mexico. Ooh. So it's so going to be exciting. So you're I saying I should that. come. You should definitely come because it's as close as we get to you as far as national hair and hounds go. This is true. So you better be there. I've I'll, been, I'll I've been trying to make the day. Desert 100 for years. In 2017, might be the only chance I'll ever have to do it. So it's like I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't know. I like well, ride, if, I like riding dirt bikes though, so we can make it happen. I might ride my dirt bike seven times next year, and it'll be at the National Hair and Hound in New Mexico. Perfect. That works. So, and if you go. You can ask me whatever brewery you like here in SoCal, and I'll bring a six-pack of your liking for you. How about that? Um, Sound like a deal? Yes. (laughs) Okay, okay. Maybe even a 12-pack, maybe. Stop it. Don't don't, (laughs) don't make me get weird with you, boy. (laughs) Well, that'll be fun um, coming to New Mexico and into 10 rounds, so where where are some of the other rounds coming in at? um, We have, as far as the hair and hounds go... Um, some of them are still up in the air. We do have some more SoCal um, District 37 events that we're bringing on. Um, we're working on getting SoCal in there. Um, MC, which will be exciting. Possibly Checkers MC, who puts on a great event. Um, we also have our other Nevada rounds that we traditionally did this year. Um, we have two rounds in Idaho, which is exciting. Uh, I loved Idaho. So we have them. Um, I mean, I could bring up the schedule, but it's, it's pretty exciting. A lot of them are still tentative, but... Um, that's exciting for the hair scrambles. Really stoked because we're working on that East Coast West Coast shootout. That'll and, be uh, wicked. That'll be wicked cool. 
hopefully we're going to land that somewhere in Missouri. Um, that's all still up in the air, but uh, it's going to be pretty rad because I've never traveled that far east ever in my life. The furthest I've ever been is South Dakota, so I'm really amped on it. Mm. Um, it's going to be like a 20-hour drive pretty much for both of us. So everyone on the far east coast and everyone on the far west coast. And I think that that's smart. Um, is, is it uh, so in Missouri? And that's I like that too. Like uh, when with and I I know this is a little different from what was what happened at Big Sky in 2013. But the only thing I mean that property that those guys had that race on was absolutely phenomenal. Like you, we all should have paid so much more money to go have done what we did at that ski resort. But the problem was is that guys on the East Coast drove like 50 hours. You know, it was like 40 hours to the base of the mountain and then the 10 hours of driving super slow to get up to the top of it. <laughs> and then, you know, so the but going to Missouri, what makes it a little more even, it, it feels less, uh, you know, less jaded, maybe a little less uh, side heavy, which I like. And Central right. Coast, holy shit, middle lives matter. We need something, right? Like we're here. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, uh, you see the East of our East hair scrambles, which is big, but I think we're going to get like a big amount of riders coming, <coughs> sorry, from Texas and stuff like that, that don't get to necessarily make the drive to East coast races and then don't really make the drive to West coast. So yeah, we get to make those mid races, which is really exciting. Bring on a whole different type of racers that might, might be like, yeah, maybe I want to go make that drive to the East hair scrambles or to the West hair scrambles. So that's exciting. Um, uh, quickly, what's the format for how those events would kind of come together like are, do you guys kind of know what that format would look like or can you talk us through what the hair scramble on either end look like so we know ish is it like a two hour hour and a half three hour um typically our races are about like two and a half to three hour um races three hours usually is when people are like oh man that's so long so i think we're yes. gonna keep it around two and a half hour but it's it's still up in the air so don't come yelling at me when it's you know like two or three further on the three ends but uh we're still working on that deal detail right now right now we're just trying to land basically lock in our uh, the area we're doing it um and then the time of course because you have to take in consideration for all the different events when we're doing this like enduro cross rallies just everything and it seems like the event the day we're looking at is going to be a uh hopefully something where no other races it looks like landed on that weekend so we're pretty amped you know, you just mentioned something, and it made, it pinged some interest in my head. You said Endurocross, and it made me go, holy shit, Endurocross changed their schedule this year, right? They went all back half of the season. Has that right. come up for you guys at all to kind of say, okay, well, maybe since a lot of these guys are West Coast riders, we might get more attendance, different attendance, things of that nature, if you moved the series to be more of a front-heavy to the year type of series? Um. I would say basically the teams come up to us on a sponsor conference and uh, they express their concerns. So Endurocross is something we obviously look out for a lot on the hair scrambles because you got like Corey Grafunder who just killed it at the hair scrambles, but he had Endurocross and had to miss a lot of rounds. So um, I would say, yeah, it's exciting if, if we can work it out that way. Endurocross's schedule kind of pops out a little later in the year compared to everyone else. So it's a little harder for us to deal with. Um, but yeah, I mean, like last year, I would say a lot of our true hair scramble rounds were in the beginning of the year, like up north. Um, and and uh, towards the end of the year, we're getting more deserty rounds. But we're hopefully another thing exciting, too, is we're trying to eliminate, have less desert rounds for the hair scrambles and have more of the traditional woodsy type races. Even if it's something like in Arizona, where 
there's I don't know not that type of redwood style tree but more uh, <laughs> they're bushy called, higher bush tree they're like mesquite trees versus like you know pine trees <laughs> exactly so like Prescott for example is a really neat area um, I think it would be really cool to have an event out there even if we don't do it next uh, this coming year but hopefully next the following year 2018 would be cool so um, it's all stuff we take into consideration with especially with enduro cross and like GP style races yeah. So if you guys want to watch me, you may have seen this on the internet already. Be an idiot. Ridden in West Coast Texas, mesquite trees. You go to the middle of those things, they'll pull you off the bike. But you know, if you kind of brush the outside of it, it's not too bad. But so, a chola cactus got me. Uh, hitting a cactus sucks. Search for that on YouTube, uh, and and you'll learn why desert is desert and trees are trees, and you don't want to take the same mindset into the same place because it will hurt <laughs> and it will hurt for a long time it is not fun um, it is not no okay so where should we all pay attention to for the for the east coast west coast type sheet out as as it progresses and comes comes more to fruition um we try to post a lot of our stuff on the social media pages so as soon as we get like a confirmed date, we're going to blow that like crazy. Um, that's going to be all over social media. So as soon as we lock that down, um, we're, we won't hint towards you. It's just going to be like as soon as we get it, it's going to be posted everywhere. Right. So um, <laughs> you'll know as soon as we do get that date for sure, 100% locked in. Wicked. Well, that's, that's what, uh, that's what I'm, I'm excited for. That's cool, man. I'm glad to hear that that something to that degree is coming back you know it was really neat when it kind of came out of the woodwork for 2013 when we all went to big sky and had a good time and, and i drank too much with mr stewart baylor it was a, you know it is what it is um but for this to come back and for everybody to get a chance to kind of be like you know what this is east coast this is west coast we're going to meet on semi-level playing fields out of anybody's really like backyard um and give everybody a chance to kind of like prove who's the Who's the bee's knees of, of, of racing off-road from each coast? I think that'd be pretty cool. And doing it in the middle of the country where Steven and I live. Well, at least vertically, anyway. We're, we're there somewhere. It's fun, and I'm excited about that. So talk to me. Anything else? What else is going on? How, how can we help you get more stuff? Um, just, I mean, blowing us up is great. Um, we're working on bringing a drone in for the videos for next year because GoPro just released that karma and it's yeah, finally a drone. They did. It's finally a drone that I feel comfortable like using that I don't have to like whip out an iPad for and all this stuff. Cause it has its own remote and you can pop off the gimbal and put on a handle. So I'm like really pumped on that. Like this thing was like, felt like designed for me We have to go back in the middle of the desert and film out there. So I'm hoping to bring in a lot a lot better footage we're trying to focus on the quad guys a lot more for 2017 too um colt i might say his name wrong uh kind of a common theme tonight brinkerhoff um <laughs> yes it is uh brought our, to our attention that you know the quad guys obviously want exposure too so we're pretty excited with that um i mean shoot there's there's a lot we're bringing on we're trying to have designated pro pits we're trying to bring more of the show um we're trying to get more working on stuff to get like a uh, hospitality area and either it's like Rockstar, one of those energy guys, where basically you can see like a live feed of the racers as they go through, either at the hair scrambles each lap or whatnot. Um, we might start experimenting with live tracking, which is exciting. Uh, we have had a couple of companies approach to us, so I think 2017 we're really going to push for that. I think the technology is not quite there, but I think for 2018 it's probably going to be something that's really locked in. Um, 
other than that, you know, there, I think there, there's so much I could think of that we were trying to bring in um, that it just overloads my mind. I mean, I have lists and lists on our, our Google Drive of just stuff that we want to bring on for 2017. It's just a lot of it is getting approved and obviously budgeting for it. So uh, oh, yeah. the vision's there. Uh, also, Caselli Foundation is bringing in a bigger they approached me at the last round and basically want to have more consistency at each race. So we're doing a lot to have the Heron Hound courses be a lot more consistent um, as far as the markings go and how they're marked and everything. Um, Paul and I, and I are going to meet up. We're going to do like a, a special video for all the different clubs on basically how how to cons- have a consistent course marking. So that's great. They also wanted to reach at me for something like uh, pre-entries because right now our pre-entries are, it's great if you do it, um, but basically we want, there to be a little something extra for you whether it's like a free product thing or basically get through the line heck of a lot faster so um all overall it's just going to be an i would say an overall better show an overall better thing for racers a safer thing hopefully for racers and uh something that i think a lot of businesses and companies are going to be looking out for the hair hounds next year that's awesome dude well i look forward to it i definitely uh is the 2017 is that no that new mexico date out there yet um, I can probably bring it up real quick. You can still see me, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You look sexy. Okay, cool. Because I haven't used... Now we can tell that like you didn't really do it. Like an ex-girlfriend. <laughs> now we can tell you didn't do that good of a job with your makeup. Yep. Now you can tell. Okay. Um. So, New Mexico. We're looking early February. Oh. Um, is one of the rounds, but... um. He just called me today, actually. I just talked. No, no, that wasn't in Mexico. Sorry, my bad. I'm calling them tomorrow uh, to set up a better date uh, or maybe a, a different date. But uh, it looks like we're probably going to be leaning towards early February. So okay, I would mark your calendars for that. All right. Well, we got to figure that out. As long as uh, it's going to be Valentine's Day weekend, I know it. And my wife's going to be like, what are you doing? And I'm well, like, babe, they made this holiday up. I don't need to be in town for it. What happened? This is Hallmark's date, not... Uh, we don't even mark um uh, valentine's day on our huge calendar we have like every single event there ever is period and then we have all the different dates and holidays on there and and valentine's isn't on there so i'm sorry i guess uh husbands and wives have difficulties uh, when it comes to races it's not on our calendar my bad (laughs) (laughs) dude what's tarantula 100 is that that is that's the heron hound version so Tarantula 100 is the New Mexico Heron Hound version race that I was talking about. Where the last one was the, I forgot the name this year we did of it. Um, it was called something else though. And it was also ended in 100. But the Tarantula 100, 100 is the more Heron Hound based uh, race. So do I get to do 100 that, miles? Yeah, that's how pretty much all the Heron Hounds have been. Uh, this last race was around 95 miles. So... Yeah, you'll be doing around 100 miles. And what's Pretty my exciting. what's my average speed? In New Mexico, it's hard to say. I would say, whew, average. I mean, a lot of our hair and hands, like the District 37 ones that are a lot more technical, you're you're not getting down to like a huge valley crossing, and then all of a sudden it's going to be gnarly waterfall type technical stuff so you got to use both skill sets there i would say new mexico what i saw um it'll probably be a little more on the high speed 
side, but um, they definitely have some really cool tight canyons and stuff that aren't necessarily rock knee technical, but really tight and twisty technical. Wow. And so what does your girlfriend call you? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> um, I, I, I'm actually like Jacob Argybright <laughs> keeps texting me stuff. <laughs> He's just like, oh. <laughs> can I use the F word on this show? Sure. I don't know if that's allowed. She calls me curly headed fuck. <laughs> nice. And I just heard her laugh all the way in the other room when I said that right now. <laughs> Love it. And well, Jake, it's funny. I have a funny story because Jake at the last race or one of the last races, he was riding and asked me a question and then started riding away and then stopped his motor, turned around and looked at me and said, curly headed fuck and started his bike and rode off. <laughs> He's like, I got to say so it. that's a thing. I got to say it. I got to say it. Um, yeah, exactly. Well, because I've on my third beer and I like getting weird. Um, is that is that like a is that like a come on name or is that just like a that's like a still like a Thursday two p.m. kind of name? Is it like a Saturday eight p.m. or like a third? Uh, just a. Oh, I see. Um, I would say it's like a twenty four seven name because especially at the desert races because my hair when it gets full <laughs> of dust, oh yeah, it's like a huge mess of a fro. And uh, I even made a post of it. Like, I start to look like Mel Gibson from uh, Lethal Weapon after a while. So it just starts to get all puffy and crazy. <laughs> That's pretty fantastic. I love that. That's <laughs> awesome, dude. That I'm going to go to bed tonight thinking about Mel Gibson in all the wrong ways. And I appreciate <laughs> you for making sure that I have that uh, mental block. to. Uh, to probably, I think it's still on Netflix, too, if you want to get all nostalgic and watch all the Lethal Weapons. <laughs> probably going to happen. And I'm just going to, like, I'm going to get my little, my fourth beer. I'm gonna get in my little curly dirt bike PJs and just like go, yeah, Jacob. Last name I can't pronounce. Yeah, it'd be a good time. Mikna. Say it again. Mikna. Mikna. Yep. I'm never yep. gonna remember that. But it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I'm just I'm I'm not the guy for it, and that's all right. Well, dude, I really appreciate you not only coming on the show tonight, but obviously taking the initiative to be talked into this by Eric Kudla by him asking you one question and that was a yes um, but at the same time for running with it because it means a lot to this industry uh, a lot to people like myself that want to ride dirt bikes and want to have organizations out there that want to not only support the ability for us to have races but to continuously approve or improve uh, those organizations it, it, it really does suck when they get stagnant and stale and stay the exact same way now granted in 20 years, I may not say that because I'm going to be almost 60. I'm going to be like some like like gray-haired dude who's going to be like, Jacob, stop doing this to my series. But for now, <laughs> I'm okay with day. it. Yeah. <laughs> Back in my day, I just drank beer and talked about dirt bikes. Never rode them. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah. No, I appreciate that. And I know the struggle. I know the hate. I know the hurt. And I know how sometimes it's, it's not fun. And it's the times when it is fun. It's the times like these where we get to talk about it and, and truthfully enjoy it and be honest enthusiasts of the sport. Uh, that really does make it worth it. So hopefully you're getting that. And I appreciate it. And hopefully everybody else does too. Yeah, I definitely love it. I love the opportunity to do this. Um, I never thought I would be in this position this year, to be all honest, but it's great. And I, I mean, I know I have the, the time to put forward to this series, um, so I'm definitely going for it. Uh, I really would love, I love the series so much, I'd love to see it grow, because I could have easily said no. And I was like, nope, do you know what I love National Hair Now so much? I've, I've got to do it. So That's awesome, and dude. And Hair Scrambles, too. 
Well, I can only hope that one day in my lifetime I do get to get to a couple of national Aaron hounds. I really think that hitting up a couple in California, and, and, and from what I hear, the one in Idaho always sounds phenomenal. Um, you know, and, and again, I know that this is by no means next year. It's just one of those things that throughout my lifetime, uh, that, you know, every now and again I can make it to those, and that you can say, "Hey, I'm still curly-headed fuck," and I can be like, "Hey, <laughs> at least I can count on you, you son of a bitch, for just keeping it real, right?" Exactly. That's awesome. true. All right. Well, National Hair and Hound, what's the website? Where can we find it? At nationalhairandhound.com. That's easy. And then you can find, yeah, exactly. And then also you can find it at uh, at NHHA Racing on social media, so it's all on there, and you can follow along. Our, our Instagram page, we really try to keep like a live update. It's like a live update version. You can see the racers. Uh, our social media guy goes out basically in the um, – in the hills and posts as it's going on. So if you want to follow along with the races, that's the best way to do it is on our social media. Dig it, man. Well, that's awesome. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to come on Sea Time and for doing what you're doing. When you do get the uh, the karma, please let us know. We were hoping to pick up one of those guys uh, before the end of the year, but I'm not going to lie. Financially, it's not going to happen right now, but that's okay. We're going to figure it out, and one day we're going to get to play with that. And I think for what you're saying, I think it is the exact same thing what we're looking for, something that we can easily carry around and make it do a drone. We don't want to use it as a drone. We just pull out the, the gimbal part of it and just use it and just go to town. So I really think that that's uh, going to be very beneficial for dudes like your, dudes like ourselves and, and just like your everyday racers uh, and, and enthusiasts. So let's have fun with it. Let's keep riding dirt bikes. And definitely keep putting on awesome races. I think that's good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And hopefully sometimes racing too. That'd be nice because I'm still a racer at heart, but now I'm putting them on. So it's like, well, I can't exactly race those ones, but hopefully Eric has some races coming next year that he's working on with ISDE that hopefully I can go hit. That I'll be pretty stoked with. So Dig it. that's a whole nother topic though. <laughs> I know. I know. I know about this much about those and you know that much. So I, I'm not. I don't. I didn't ask if I'm allowed to talk much about it, but uh, hopefully next time I'm on the show, I'll be able to talk a lot about it. I like it. Well, then we're going to have to have you on again, sir. All right. Sounds good. Thank I'll you be, very I'll much for here. the time, Mr. Jacob Mick Mickna. Mickna, you got it. Bam, bitches. Three beers, and I still got this. I'm learning new things. Exactly. Say you can teach an old dog new tricks. I'm in. Thank you very much for the time, sir. And we will definitely be chatting soon. All right. Sounds good. We'll see you later. Peace. So for you guys that's been turning in for so long of this episode that's been amazing, we really appreciate it. This has been Seat Time. This is the online show for the off-road enthusiasts. We're the beer drinkers and bench racers that love off-road, and we're the enthusiasts that want to make sure that everybody's having a good uh, good time out there. Of course, if you would like to support Seat Time, you can do that easily. SeatTime.co. Go to the website. There's an Amazon banner right there. All you got to do is click on that banner and go shop on Amazon. So it's one small step that you have to make, and it just gives us a quick percentage of that. Of course, what you can do, too, on top of that is go to the description of this episode if you're watching it or listening to it in the podcast or on YouTube or the site. And all of that, there's a link there to shop on Rocky Mountain ATV MC. And if you do that from that link, of course, yes, we do get a small percentage of that. doesn't cost you anything extra. It just helps us out. So if any of that makes you want to support Seat Time by doing that, thank you very much. Uh, I just want to say again, thank you to our sponsors of Fly Racing. You can find out more about Fly Racing at flyracing.com. Kindatire USA is at kindatire.com. And SRT Offroad at srtoffroad.com. 
And, uh, of course, I'm Brian Pierce. You can find me on the internet at Woody B. Pierce on all the fun little social channels out there. And Seat Time, uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash Seat Time. At Twitter, it's at Seat Time underscore CO. And on Instagram, it's at Seat Time. Definitely, if you've enjoyed any of this, tell us in the comments. Give us a thumbs up, all that stuff. Subscribe to us on YouTube. You know how to do it. Make us famous because you like to click on things and talk to us, and we like that kind of stuff. We will be live again next week. We will not be live in two weeks just because of the fact that I am going to be out of town for work, and that's what it is. I can't do it. We've already tried that a couple times, and it was painful at best. So we're just going to go ahead and say, you know what? We're just going to take it easy for a little bit. I'll see you guys next week and then two weeks after that. So remember, always enjoy a pintful of awesome, and we'll see you next week. Peace.